thank you for tuning in. We trust you will feel encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to build God's kingdom with us. Enjoy the message. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our home. We're having church with a difference today. Uh, we're filming it in our kitchen, and we just want to say, God bless you all. Listen to the service together, listen to the word, and let's trust God for this time. I'll open in prayer. Father, we thank you that we can have church like this. And Lord, thank you for each person that's watching today, Lord. We pray your blessing on each one. Father, thank you that you are the God that keeps us. Our times are in your hands, Lord, so we don't want to be afraid. We're not afraid, Father. We say we trust you. You're an awesome God. We pray your protection over all of us, Lord, over our families, our friends. Be with us, Father and be glorified through our lives, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Carol. You can go and sit in the congregation. Thank you. <laughs> you know that we are preaching at the moment uh, through the series, I Am, and uh, last week we started the theme, I Am the Great Shepherd. So uh, I spoke to you about the shepherd, his motive and his motivation, and the fact that uh, his motive and motivation is love. And I know that when we go through difficult times, the most difficult thing probably is to think that everything that happens to us as his sheep uh, could be motivated even by his love. Um, and I'm not saying Jesus is the author of what is happening, but I'm sure that as the great shepherd, he is out there with his staff to protect uh, his sheep, of which you and I are some. Um, so I want to go on today and speak about uh, how... The method that Jesus uses to demonstrate his love to you and me and to people. So um, I want to ask a question and maybe two questions today and spend a bit of time in answering them and then I'm going to ask you some questions that you can discuss with your family at home. So the first question is this is how do you think Jesus demonstrates or shows his love to a world that is in pain? And secondly, who does he use or who does he want to use to demonstrate his love? I'm going to start with the first one or the second one and you're going to uh, take the first one and study it at home. So here's the answer maybe to the second part of this question is who does Jesus want to use? What kind of people is he looking for uh, in you and me uh, to use as ambassadors? Uh, to demonstrate his love. I'm going to read from 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. And won't you just turn there with me? I'm sure you've got your Bible on your lap. Uh, I'm sure you're dressed for church as well this morning. I can see that some of you uh, really need to put your makeup on before you come to church. Anyway, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 14 to 18, and then maybe 19 to 22 as well. This is 14 to 18. Keep reminding God's people of these things. Warn them before God against quarreling about words, it is of no value. In other translations say quarreling of words, it is useless and only ruins those who listen. Do your best to present yourself to one God approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Their teaching will spread like gangrene. 
Among them are, and he mentions a few people, who have departed from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place, and they destroy the faith of some. This is not part of my sermon, but I will say this as regular as I think I should, is please avoid quarreling, avoid your opinions, avoid making prophetic statements that are not based on God's word. Live day by day. And that's what Jesus tells us. Forget tomorrow and what you think should happen. Those are not really, really important. And I know we're all concerned and wonder about end times at the moment. But you know, some of these kind of things that we are saying and spreading are just, it's like gangrene. It, it actually puts even believers off the truth from time to time. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to destroy somebody's faith at this time. Then he goes on and he reads, uh, I want to read from verse 19 to 22. Uh, it says, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with his inscription. The Lord knows who are his. And I want you to put that in your heart today. The Lord knows who are his. Remember, we are his sheep. He knows we are his. And then he says, and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from his wickedness. In a large house, there are articles or vessels in other translations not only of gold and silver, but also wood and clay. Some are for special purposes and some are for common use. Those who cleanse themselves from the latter will be instruments for special purposes, made holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any good work. Flee from the desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace, along with those who call on the Lord with a pure heart. And in verse 14 and 22, it uses two words that are extremely important in our discussion today. Number one, in verse 14, he uses the word useless. Your translation may not say that, but that's exactly what it means. Useless. And then in verse 21, he speaks about vessels that are useful. And I would like to just, it is obviously a, a, a contrast here about, about being useful and being useless. And anybody who serves the Lord Jesus Christ will agree with me that we would like to be useful in the kingdom of God. In chapter 4 in this epistle, uh, um, uh, chapter 4 verse 11, uh, Paul speaks about John Mark. And he says this, pick up Mark and bring him with you for he is useful or in other word, he is profitable to me for ministry. There was a time when John Mark was useless. To Paul. They had a quarrel, they had an argument, and Paul actually sent him home. Uh, Paul would not include him in his second missionary journey. But there came a time where Paul says, bring him back, because he is useful for me. When Paul writes another letter uh, to uh, Philemon, uh, he appeals to Philemon, and he says to him, uh, Philemon had a slave that ran away from him, and he said, uh, this slave actually met Paul in Rome and then became a believer when Paul witnessed to him. And now Paul is writing to Philemon in, in verse 11 and he says, He had been useless, but now he is useful. So the word is used there about people from time to time. And, and I think we would really want to be useful to the Lord rather than useless. What does it mean to be useful, you might ask? And, and we will maybe answer that a little bit today and, and also look at the contrast of being useless as well. 
It says in verse 21, Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from these, he will be a vessel of honor or a useful vessel, sanctified, useful to the master and prepared for every good work. You see, being useful is, is like a vessel that is honorable. This is an analogy. The word vessel in the Greek means a household container, something that is of good use, a domestic term, the word uh, a vessel. All right, so it refers to some stuff you may have in your home uh, that is useful for your use, a dish, a serving bowl, uh, or any gear that is useful uh, in the hand of the person who is in the kitchen. On the other hand, it speaks of vessels that are dishonorable. And in our kitchens, we do have vessels that are dishonorable. They are not of such good use. In a large house, there are both vessels that are honorable and vessels that are dishonorable of lesser use. So Paul gives us this picture, believe it or not, as an analogy to describe the church. It's pretty harsh, isn't it? He says, there's a master, there's a large house, which is the church. The master is obviously the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, and within this last house, there are these contrasting vessels that serve the congregation. Some of them are worthy to be brought out in public. They are beautiful. They're valued. They are prized. They are clean. They are useful for every purpose. And there are others, and I'll show you one, that you will definitely not bring out in the public. They are not clean. They're vessels that are used in a house, but they're not necessarily clean. The honorable vessels are made out of gold and silver, and they're valuable and they're prized, Paul says. Uh, then the dishonorable vessels, Paul says, are, are made out of wood, and, and they're not, and clay, and they're not that honorable. So the, the, the contrast here is extreme, my dear friend, because vessels, honorable vessels in our house, is what you would use to serve your food on when there are guests. But then you have dishonorable vessels, and we've got such a one uh, in our home that hangs behind the wall there. That is not something that is valuable in our house. Yes, we use it, but the, it's, it's not that valuable. It's not something that we would like to show our visitors when they come in. We have a happen, you may not do that, is because we are quite proud of what we put together in our house and it's, it's, it's just something close to our hearts. So sometimes when people come, we show them around, but we definitely don't take them to our garbage bin to show them. So that is what the Bible speaks about when it says a dishonorable vessel. In a church, that's what Paul is saying to us. It's hard. There are honorable vessels who serve our heavenly, uh, serve heavenly food. And there are garbage buckets, trash cans, as the Americans would say. You want people to see, you want your guests to see stuff that is honorable in your life and beautiful. And like I said, you would never take them to the garbage uh, 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 bucket. That's, the, that's the, the filthy kind of stuff in our houses. And that's what the church is about. There are some of us who are useful vessels and, 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 and we are on display and we're used by the master. And the master says there is, a, there is a way that we could all become useful vessels in the kingdom. Because I'm telling you, the good shepherd is using you and me as people 
to reach others with his love. We are living, my dear friend, in a world of moral decay. And unfortunately, much of that has crept right into the church. And it is a time when we should ask ourselves, while we are on lockdown, what kind of a vessel am I? As verse 20 says, cleansing seems to be the prerequisite for a vessel being used for a useful vessel as child children we got hidings and i know some of my sisters are watching at the moment we got hidings from time to time and i probably got the most out of the three children but there was a time when 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 when, when you'd hear, hear your mother's voice it was an angry voice and the voice said something similar to this go to your room and the expression on the face put a bit of fear in you and you would Trot off to your room very quickly. You see, the intention of going into your room was to have some time out, was to have some time of self-evaluation, some cool-down time. It was normally a time where your parents would hope that after self-evaluation, there would be a time of repentance. And since my childhood and up to now, and I'm almost 60, I'm turning 60 this year, I have not heard the command, go into your room, until this week when our president told us, me and you, to go into our houses, into our rooms. It has significant value to have a time off. It's going to be tough. It is the first day or second day of our time out. And I believe a lot can be learned from this time where we will spend time alone. It could be a time of self-evaluation, a time of repentance, a new start to the church, to you and me. We as a church should use this lockdown time to evaluate our personal lives. What kind of a vessel, I've asked earlier on, would you and I be in this time and even after this time, which is so important? You see 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20, I've already read it. It says, flee from the desires of your youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. God is calling His church to deal with the clay and the wood, with the undesirable things in their lives, things that dishonor God and us as a church. And in, in this time, in our lives, I trust that we would come out at the end of this time with gold and silver that would honor the Lord. God's grace, God's kindness is amazing. It is amazing. And it will lead us in this time, I hope, to repentance and not to bask in our sin and to enjoy our sin. The Good Shepherd, the Lord Jesus Christ, wants to use His church vessels that are cleansed. We have to be His voice in a society. And I think part of the reason why the voice in this society has been dampened and, is, and it's low and it's almost unheard is because of the uncleanliness of the vessels that God wants to use. We have to be different to make a difference. For too long, we have little or nothing, or we care little or nothing about how we live. We've turned a blind eye in our homes, and in our church, in our, in our workplace to our sin. And the results are very clear. We have lost our voice, church. 
It is time that we up the standards and move from being vessels of clay and wood to being vessels of gold and silver. He wants to save us from a life of compromise. A compromise dampens your testimony. I'm not asking us to be self-righteous or to have an attitude that I'm better than you. No, but I'm asking you to be a voice of righteousness, to live what we preach in our community. The question I often ask myself when I don't see results, in other words, when people are not coming to Christ through my lifestyle or through my testimony, is, is am I not living too close to the edge, too close to what the world looks like because I think people want to really see a difference between us and them and I'm not saying self-righteousness as I've just said or I'm better than you but it's just a high standard because what if you and I do not show that high standard where are they drawn to what difference does it make you see have you ever noticed that people don't like looking at pictures that are blurred I'm not a great photographer at all but I have friends and family that are fantastic photographers, and they have never shown me one of their blurred pictures. In fact, that's the first ones we delete. Uh, I put some of the pictures I take when we're on holiday on my iPad, and then that night I go through and I just delete, even if it was a great scene. If it's blurred, I say delete, delete, delete. But why? Because it doesn't show what that picture really is. It doesn't demonstrate what I really filmed or photographed. A person who confesses faith that lives too close to the world, too much in the world, is like a blurred photograph. Not a great testimony. What kind of a vessel are you and I? Are we instruments that the master can use for special purposes? Go and read that passage. It does say for special purposes. Are we ambassadors? Or are we embarrassments? You see, I don't know if you watch the news, and I'm sure you do, uh, where sometimes an, an ambassador really, really messes up in the country that it was posted or sent to. And then they withdraw that, that ambassador. Because that ambassador has got a message, a testimony on behalf of the government, and a lifestyle to live. And if those two don't go together, then that ambassador is called back. So here's the question again. What kind of ambassador, what kind of a vessel are you and I? Are we embarrassing the uh, country, the, the kingdom of God? Are we living in such a way that God says, you are a vessel of special purpose. I want to display you and use you. See, there was a man who worked in a tiny store in the countryside. And the shop owner had, uh, had this, 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 this clerk that worked for him. His name, let's call him Jack. And so Jake worked in this small little shop in the countryside, but he was very lazy. He was a very lazy man, but the owner kept him on. And one day, uh, the man who would go to that store noticed that Jack or Jake was gone. So he asked the shop owner and he says, where is Jake? So the owner of the shop replied and said, um, he retired. Then the, the, the visitor, the person who was buying said, then are you going to replace him? Is there a vacancy? And the owner replied this, and he says, Jake did not leave the vacancy. That leads me to the question, what kind of vacancy will you leave if you had to leave your church? It's a serious question. 
It's God's clear intention that everybody, every person in the church is a useful vessel to display the goodness and the glory of God. You see, it's got nothing to do how big your gift is or how important you are. or That's got nothing to do. We are all stewards. And Jesus wants to use good stewards. Not dirtbags, if I can put it, like Paul would put it. You see, so... so so some of us are just church members like this. We, we, like, we like a rugby match. We, we occasionally go and watch a rugby match as a spectator. And that's how some of us treat our church. We occasionally come and we like spectators. We're not serving Christ day by day. That's our challenge in this time. My dear friend, I think God is pushing our buttons as a church to wake up. Wake up. Wake up. God uses cleanse people who flee sin and pursue righteousness. I'm going to ask you to write the following question down before I go to my second point. Would you write this down? Uh, or remember, maybe uh, it's just two questions. Uh, meditate on it, discuss it with your family, and uh, take it from there. What would be the characteristic or characteristics of an honorable vessel? What would be the characteristics of an honorable vessel? Secondly, just the opposite. What would be the characteristics of a useless or a dishonorable vessel? Why don't you discuss it just now with your family? Uh, and let me, on this first point, say again, would you please be a good ambassador? And I'm asking myself the same question in this time that we're living in, because Jesus uses people to show his love. And I've got to be a clean vessel. To demonstrate the love of Jesus. I think we've answered that question very well. On to question number two. And it really was the first question I asked because remember I reversed it. The next question is that how does the shepherd love his sheep in times when the world is in pain? How does the shepherd love the sheep? Think about it for a little bit. Now the answer is simple through his ambassadors. But the question is, how? how? How does he love the sheep? How does he love people out there in this time of pain? Now, that's my third question. I hope you, you wrote that down, is how does Jesus love the world through you and me? How does he love it? That's a very practical question. And I'm going to throw you a curveball now. I can, because I'm not there to see whether you're going to like it or not. I'm going to throw you a curveball. I am not going to give you the answer to the question today. What I want you to do is sit in your family time right now and answer it yourself. Here's the first question. Remember, I said, what would the characteristics be of an honorable vessel? Number two, what would be the characteristics be of a dishonorable vessel? And here's the third one, and I'm not going to discuss it because it's my second point, but I left it blank because I want you to talk to your family about it. How will you as a family? Demonstrate the love of Jesus. You are his ambassador. How will you do it in this time? Will you discuss it? Will you maybe send me some of your answers? You can email it to me or you can just post it to me on one of our forums, our social media forums. I would love to hear from you what you're going to do. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you use us to show your love. Help us to be honorable vessels. In Jesus' name, amen.